Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovis podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it going? I can't complain. Week two was a rough one. Uh, I know I only went one and four on my picks. Lost some money for sure. But uh, I'm ready to keep it going. You know, I'm trying to stay positive. It's a long season. And I think that a lot of people who are you know, contrarian betters and, you know, looking to find uh, spots, you know, sharp spots. They they all seem to have rough week too. So I'm trying to stay positive and looking to stay, you know, good with my process and, and hopefully we'll get some of that money back in week three. Yeah, I mean, and it was rough for a lot of people. I mean, all five of the most popular picks in the contest lost. So, you know, it wasn't just us on this show. It was, it seemed like kind of a, industry-wide L taken by sharp people. So uh, I don't feel as bad. Yeah, you know, given that, information. that does weirdly make me feel a little better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all your fantasy questions. Patron shifts start at $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts that we already offer for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today and join an exclusive community of listeners, access to premium content, and of course, help the Rotoviz Radio channel to uh, continue. Uh, I will be on Rotoviz Live, I believe, on Sunday. So if you can stomach listening to me for a little extra time, you know, come on by. Uh, It'll be a good time. Speaking of exclusives, you can still get that 30% discount for Rotoviz NFL Pass. It's not too late. We have a ton of content coming out every week. Check it out. Rotoviz.com slash podcast gets you that 30% discount. So be sure to do that. Let's get into week three, Matt. Uh, of course, we know that the lines are coming courtesy of our presenting sponsor, my bookie. We're going to start with your Jets playing Thursday night at Cleveland. Um, you know, a, a typical Cleveland loss against the Saints last week, typical. a typical Jets loss against the Dolphins last week. Yep. So uh, we'll see who actually comes to play. Browns are favored by three at home, 39 and a half point total. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that this line is at three. I honestly would have thought Browns would have been favored uh, a little bit smaller. I just think that the public perception is that the Jets are the better team. So, you know, you factor in the three points for home. Like, I would have thought that the the Browns would have been a little bit smaller favorites. You know, the Jets look great in week one. Uh, they had their moments in week two as well. They outgained the Dolphins by 105 yards, but they were constantly putting their defense in bad position. 
Uh, Sam Darnold had two interceptions. One of them was just a killer in the red zone after forcing a Dolphins turnover. So, you know, I think the Jets played better than the final score indicated in that game. But that said, the Browns have actually been impressive as well, you know, for, for Cleveland standards to start the season. They played the Steelers and the Saints tough, two teams that a lot of people thought were potential Super Bowl teams. You know, they had a, a tie and probably should have beat the Saints. You know, they could very easily be 2-0 and right now with two impressive wins. So with that in mind, I guess I get why the Browns are favored by three. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to trust the, the Thursday night trends here. You know, I brought this up last week. It let me down on the Ravens, but, you know, that was a weird game where I think uh, in retrospect, we can all kind of agree that the wrong team was favored. Uh, so Thursday night favorites in games where both teams are coming off just four days of rest. The favorite has gone 87, 60, and 3 against the spread. That's a 59.2% clip, 15.6% return on investment. So I'm going to continue to lean on the Thursday night favorites, and I am going to take the Cleveland Browns here. Wow, take it against the Jets. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird game, I guess. I'm not really sure. Like, Darnold's a rookie, right? And he's going to do rookie things. But he's really talented, and he's going to do some really talented things. And kind of depending on who you get, you know, it's going to really change the outcome of the game, like, pretty greatly. Um, I just don't I just don't think that Cleveland is very good. Like, uh, I know that they do have some talent, obviously. I know they took the Saints to the wire last week. But, like, the manner in which they lost that game and the fact that they lost that game is just so Cleveland to me. Uh, you know, and I feel like even if the Browns win, it's going to be very, very, very close. So I will take the Jets with the points. Um, and I, I think that this game is, is going to be like a classic Thursday night football game. Just very, very bad. Yeah, definitely. I will not be betting this game. You know, like this is a classic stay away from me. I, I'm going to feel the itch on Thursday night to put a bet in one way or the other, but I'm going to do my best oh, to yeah. resist because I think this is going to be an ugly game. Titans at Jags. Uh, the line is currently off right now. We're waiting to see what happens with Marcus Mariota. Last week, he did not play. We saw 28 pass attempts from Blaine Gabbert, the great Blaine Gabbert. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know what you kind of expect from this game in terms of a line uh, based on either quarterback, but what are just some of your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I'm a little disappointed with the way the whole situation played out last week. Because on the show, I specifically said I would be interested in betting the Titans if I knew that Gabbert was going to be starting because I thought that there would be some line inflation. But we never really got that information. You know, it was like Mariota's going to try to play, but we don't know if he's going to be able to play. Anytime the quarterback uh, can't feel the football in his hands, though, I guess that is a problem. <laughs> so Sounds um, bad. Yeah, ultimately not super surprising that Mariota didn't end up playing. Uh, at this point, I would say that the Jags are going to be favored by a touchdown regardless of who's at quarterback. But if it's Gabbard, it might be, you know, closer to 10 points, maybe. Um, again, like my, my interest in this game is going to come on the Titans side if Mariota is inactive. I just think that the downgrade from Mariota to Gabbard is pretty negligible at this point. You know, I'm way out on Mariota. I know that's your boy. But I haven't seen anything from him over the last couple of seasons that really tells me that the guy is ready to be like an NFL quarterback that matters at this point. Um, the Jags were super impressive last week without Fournette, but 
that game was like their Super Bowl. You know, they were super geared up for the Patriots. Uh, I could definitely see this as a bit of a letdown spot. So depending on what this number comes in at, if it's a TD plus, I definitely think I'll have some interest in the Titans. But ultimately, yeah, very curious to see where the line is going to be. Definitely a letdown spot for Jacksonville. Although I do think that like Bortles is, is not that terrible. Like I kind of think that when they throw, they do better. Um, you know, obviously their defense is great. That doesn't really change at all. But I think like they did just score more points when they throw, and I feel like scoring points is obviously important. <laughs> yes, uh, usually <laughs> usually leads to good things. Right. Like I had this conversation with my buddies. He was just like, "Oh, but you can't score if you turn the ball over in the red zone and you don't finish." I'm like, "Yeah, but you also can't score if you don't get there because you're running the ball 500 times a game." But anyway, um, you know, I do agree with you. Like it sucks. Like I'm obviously a huge Mariota guy, but you know, not not never healthy. And, uh, like the flashes just have never culminated into like consistency, especially since he's always hurt. So, um, I do, I do feel like Gabbert is probably not as big a downgrade as you'd think. Uh, so I do like that side again. You know, Titans have been, Titans have been sneaky good. I feel like that win last week is a big win for them. Definitely a good win. Uh, I think one thing going back to your Jags point, I think their, their collection of weapons in the passing game is really underrated at this point. Oh yeah. You know, like not, not a lot of big names with Keelan Cole and Dee Dee Westbrook, uh, Corey Grant catching passes out of the backfield, but I think all of those guys are like plus players. You know, Moncrief probably not a plus player, but he's fine in the role that they're using him to. Same with, uh, Safarian Jenkins. So yeah, I'm all for the Jags, you know, airing it out a little bit more. I think that would, would help their team, like you said. Saints at Falcons, another division matchup. Uh, Falcons are three point home favorites. Total is set at 53. What do you think of this? Yeah, you wrote about this game, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I think you had some really sharp findings in that piece. So I'll let you talk about those. But one thing that stood out to me is when we were doing our NFC wins total podcast, we were kind of like the NFC South is, you know, wide open. We wrote, we really liked the Falcons. You know, the Panthers, we both like the Saints, you know, are obviously going to be a, a contender, even though they haven't looked great to start this year. And Tampa Bay has been frisky. So it's not surprising to me that if we look specifically at underdogs in this division since 2014, betting the dogs would be 32 and 18 against the spread. That's a 64% win rate and almost 25% return on investment. So uh, I definitely like the idea of just betting the underdogs in a division that's as wide open as we think the NFC South is. Uh, the Saints, obviously, disappointment through the first two weeks. You know, they lost to Tampa, probably could have lost to Cleveland, who are two teams that many people predicted to be at the bottom of the standings, you know, come January. But uh, I still think that this team is very talented, specifically on offense. I'm not ready to write them off just yet. So I will take the three points here with the underdog Saints. Seems like a good read for sure. Um you mentioned my article. I mean, the the big takeaway there for the Falcons uh, is just that like their cover three defense really funnels the, a lot of passes to the running backs. So we saw last week uh, Christian McCaffrey took a big time advantage of that, uh, had a huge day, and you know the Panthers obviously played pretty well. Um, you know this week Alvin Kamara definitely not uh, any slouch in the passing game either. So I'm sure he's going to be super active. But if you just look at the way that these two teams played each other last year, uh, 
Both times the game went under, uh, neither game even made it to 40 total points, which I think is surprising because, uh, you know, we usually associate these two teams with having high-powered offenses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the Falcons just don't give up big plays. I mean, they're towards the bottom of the league in, in big plays allowed, 20, 20 yards or more in the passing game. Uh, and the Saints have been, you know, by far the best team in 20-plus yard plays. So uh, the defense has definitely kind of won these battles uh, recently. We'll see if that continues this year. But I think uh, if I'm going to take a side in this game, I think I'm going to go under on the total. So that's probably, that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, I think that's a really sharp lean. Uh, it's already dropped by half a point, And virtually all the bets and money have come in on the over. So I think that this is going to be a, a really nice contrarian spot to look at an under between, you know, like you said, two two teams that are perceived to be really high-powered offenses. All right, Bills at Vikings. Bills finally getting the uh, they may be absolutely terrible spread line here. <laughs> uh, Vikings minus seventeen. I, I mean, if this is the I thought this is the spread we were going to get last week. You know, uh, forty-one point total. I mean, Vikings have been really good. I feel like they've been at as advertised. What do you make of uh, of the game here? Yeah, you got to feel bad for the Bills, man. They uh, have not had any favors done to them at the start of the season. You know, opening up in Baltimore against the Ravens, then against the Chargers, and now against the Vikings. Those are three of the best units in football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, really rough start for a team that, you know, is is really lacking on the offensive side of the ball and looking for an identity. There haven't been a lot of underdogs of at least 17 points in the Bet Labs database, which goes back to 2003. Uh, but those underdogs are 7, 6, and 1. So they are covering, you know, at an over 50% clip. Uh, I did think the Bills looked a little bit better last week with Josh Allen under center as opposed to Nathan uh, Peterman. Much of that didn't really start happening, though, until they were, you know, significant underdogs against the Chargers. They were down, you know, 21 nothing in that game in the blink of an eye. So uh, I do think that this might be a couple of points too high. I will take the Bills, but... There's no way in hell I would actually put any real money on them. Yeah, you just you just can't, right? I mean, the Vikings have one of the best defenses in football. I think that's really what like exacerbates this this issue for me. Like last week when they played the Chargers, I was like, okay, Chargers are coming to the East Coast. The Chargers defense isn't really that good, right? No Bosa, no Bosa, but like like these teams couldn't be more polar opposite. You know, uh, you know the Vikings are plus twenty four. In uh, offensive DVOA versus Buffalo defensive DVOA, and uh, the Bills' offense is minus 25 in that same metric. So, uh, huge discrepancy in overall player talent. Uh, we may not have Shady McCoy in this game. Josh Allen is uh, probably as poor as we think he is, and even if he was good, we wouldn't know because of the, the weapons. Uh, so, I, I, I guess I'd take Vikings, but like you said, like. I would like I I would just never bet a seventeen point game. Like never. I just can't do it. I I even struggled to to look at those games in college where they're like routine. Like you get seventeen point spreads routinely in college football and they still make me feel uncomfortable. So there's no way I would do it in an NFL game. Broncos at Ravens, Baltimore's a five point home favorite, totals at forty three and a half. I feel like these are two uh, you know, laying the points brand teams. They play each other this week. What do you think? They're definitely two of my teams. Uh, <laughs> neither of them made me look very smart last week, though. You know, the Ravens, 
got trounced in Cincinnati. Like that game really wasn't as close as the final score indicated. Cincinnati pretty thoroughly dominated them. And then the Broncos really struggled against Oakland, needed a last second field goal to put that game away. So yeah, two teams that I, I still am high on, but not coming off very impressive showings. Uh, a couple of things that I'm taking into consideration. This is a West to East game. You know, the Ravens are an East Coast team playing at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Broncos are in the mountain time zone, not the Pacific, but hasn't made a huge difference. Mountain teams going East 47, 55 and one against the spread. So that's a negative 9.1% return on investment. And I still like the Ravens at home. They're historically 62, 55 and four against the spread at home in our database. Although that number has weakened a bit over the past few seasons, which is not surprising considering how much money they're paying Joe Flacco. Um, I really struggled to pick a winner in this game, but I think, you know, going off of the action network power rankings and what I feel about these two teams, I think this spread might be one point too high. So I will take the Broncos here getting the points. Uh, I think if it was Ravens minus 3.5 though, I would take the Ravens for sure. So uh, tough one for me. It's a bit of a stay away, but I will take the five points with the Broncos. I'm going to take the Baltimore side, but I, I don't feel great about it. I mean, the big thing for me with Denver is just their defense has not been nearly as good as we expected. Uh, they've been fantastic against the run, fourth and rush DVOA. But against the pass, just 24th. Um, you know, I think that this was a team last year when they had to keep Talib. Uh, you know, their secondary, which is a lot better. And, I, you know, they still have the weapons. They still have the pieces to get a really nice pass rush. But I just don't think their defensive backs are as good. Uh, you know, they just gave up a, a pretty sizable game to Amari Cooper. I just don't really, uh, you know, when I look at Baltimore this year, the thing that really stands out to me is Joe Flacco. He's been really good. Um, and they've been kind of throwing the ball all over the field. So I expect that to continue, or I hope that continues. And if it does, uh, I feel like that is going to lend itself towards uh, Baltimore being able to grab a, a nice victory here. Uh, so I'm going to take them. I, I do wish that the, it was a little lower, like you said, but even at five, uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. Colts at Eagles. Philly, minus six and a half at home. A little surprised by this one. Uh, totals 47 and a half. We are getting Carson Wentz back this week. Uh, no Mike Wallace. He's out, uh, but the Eagles did sign Jordan Matthews, if you're a JMAT fan like myself. Uh, but what do you think of the game? Yeah. I- to me, the, the Mike Wallace thing is pretty irrelevant. And it's surprising to me how all of a sudden people are talking about, you know, how the Eagles, uh, have a lack of weapons, you know, given all their injuries. But I think there's a chance that Jai plays. I think there's a chance that Sproles plays. And are we really that concerned about the status of Mike Wallace? You know, like <laughs> Mike Wallace hasn't been good in five years. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey also has an outside shot to play this week. So I'm not particularly worried about the Eagles lack of weapons. You know, they've been fine with Aguilar and Zach Ertz. It's more been the defense. You know, they got shredded by Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. So, uh, but I think this is basically the overreact reaction spread of the week. The look ahead line had this at seven. Um, the Eagles hopped down to only favored by six at certain points this week. So I think the public definitely has some interest in the Colts. You know, they were six-point dogs last week and ended up beating the Redskins by two full touchdowns. So I think people are definitely buying the Andrew Luck resurgence. Uh, I'm not there yet. 
I still think that the Eagles are, are really, you know, the superior team at virtually every position in this matchup. And I think that the Wentz to Foles upgrade, or I'm sorry, Foles to Wentz upgrade is bigger than we uh, initially thought. You know, that that run that Foles went on during the Super Bowl is looking like a pretty big outlier for his career. Uh, Carson Wentz was on his way to being the MVP last season before he got hurt. So I definitely think the Eagles offense should be better in this game if he's not limited. And the coaching staff has said that he'll have no limitations. So give me the Eagles here laying six and a half at home. Uh, I think that, you know, this is maybe a point or even more of spread value in their favor. So I like Philly. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm surprised that this is so low. Like the Colts have pretty much never shown us that they're good. Um, and Wentz, like, I, like I, if Foles was the quarterback in this game, what would the spread be like four? So like the, you're saying Carson Wentz is only worth two and a half points. Like I just don't, well, I mean, the I look, that, the look you know? ahead line was seven and that was before knowing that Wentz was going to be active for this game. So I oh, really right, don't right, think right. that the, the line is pricing much of a difference at all between the two quarterbacks. Right. Which seems egregious. Yeah. I don't agree with that at this point. <laughs> Uh, so I'm with you. We'll take Philly. Bengals at Panthers, 44-point total. Carolina, a home favorite by three. You know, Bengals coming off, obviously, an impressive home victory last week, but now they go on the road to Carolina. What do you think? Yeah, give me the Panthers here for sure. I still buy them as the better team, despite what Cincinnati has done. Um, we have them as nearly a full point better in the 10 uh, power rankings. Uh, I even think that might be too low. I think the Panthers might be, you know, better than the Bengals by even a more significant margin than that. So when you factor in the home field, I definitely feel like there's some value with the Panthers minus three. Uh, this is one of the ones that I, I like this week. I like the Panthers a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Carolina, uh, you, again, like only a three point favorite. So we're saying that they are the same, like they're equal in a neutral site. Like I don't really buy that. I know that the Bengals have been impressive. But, I mean, they still, I think, struggle at times to move the ball on offense. Uh, they have no Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge running backs guy, so maybe that doesn't matter a ton. But it is something. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of have, like, this rotisserie wheel at wide receiver, too. You know, some John Ross hasn't really, like, completely taken off. Tyler Boyd looked good last week, but overall just kind of. Boyd's been good. Really, I think Boyd's yeah. a good player. Yeah. It's just like you don't really know what you're going to get every week out of these guys because they don't, you know, they're not always targeting them. Right. Um, you know, I meanwhile, Carolina, I feel like still has a lot of offensive upside in the tank because DJ Moore hasn't really been on the field much. Last week he got on the field, he caught a pass and he scored a touchdown. So I feel like there's a little untapped value there for them. Uh, the Greg Olson thing doesn't really matter a ton to me. So I'm with you. Give me the Panthers. Do you think it's possible that they're leaning a little too much on Christian McCaffrey at this point? Like, I know you want to get him involved in the passing game, but the fact that he has a market share of like 35% feels minus EV to me at this point. Well, remember, though, that last week they played that uh, Falcons team we were talking about earlier that funnels a lot of okay. uh, receptions to the running back position. So like his like 15 target, 14 catch game last week, uh, not terribly surprising based on the matchup. Uh, and then if you look at, you know, week one, McCaffrey was active, but not as crazy active, you know, nine targets. So, I mean, that's, he's going to be active in the past game. He's going to be involved. He's going to do it out of the slot too, not just out of the backfield. Uh, I do agree that you're going to want to push the ball down the field at some point. Yeah. I'd like to see more Funches. 
Yeah, but it, it feels like it feels like Norv's big thing is completions, which feels like a Norv thing, you know. Um, but eventually, yeah, they're gonna have to start pushing the ball down the field a little bit. I, I'm not sure that this is the matchup for that though, by the way, because this is kind of like another cover three team. Their corners are pretty good, uh, so we'll kind of see we'll kind of see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think to beat good teams, like to win against like the best teams, the NFC and like the Patriots teams like that and the AFC, uh, you're going to need a, a vertical threat for sure. I think that it's going to be DJ Moore, though, once they get him out there for more snaps. I know you love DJ Moore. My son. <laughs> I have a lot of sons. I have a lot of NFL children. We're about to talk about one here. Oh, yeah. 49ers at Chiefs. Mahomes the goat. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't I can't believe the game he had last week. Uh, six and a half point home favorite for the Chiefs, 56 and a half point total. I mean, this was one of the teams we talked about in the offseason, Matt, where we were like, you know, the the win total had a lot of potential value in it if Mahomes is, was good. And he's been really good. So it seems like the value has definitely been there. Uh, but we'll see if they can continue that this week. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I mean, you are probably the, the person who's highest on Pat Mahomes uh, that I personally interact with. But there's no way that even you could have seen this coming. And, you know, unsurprisingly, I think the people love the Chiefs right now. You know, <laughs> Mahomes is the greatest QB to ever play the game. Their offense is going to challenge uh, the Patriots from 2007. Let's just cancel the season and give them the Lombardi trophy already. Um, but yeah, so in all seriousness, I think that the 49ers here have a lot of value getting six and a half. They opened up at five and a half point dogs, and it's already all the way up to six and a half. If this gets to seven, I am all in on the 49ers getting seven points. They haven't exactly wowed people yet this season, but they had a brutal week one matchup versus Minnesota, and they did put up 30 last week against Detroit. Probably should have won that game by double digits, but ended up giving up a, uh, like a garbage time type of score to give me my only win last week with Detroit plus six. So. <laughs> I like the 49ers here. I think that this is a uh, a classic overreaction to the first two weeks of the season. You know, like the Chiefs kind of did the same thing to start the season last year. So uh, I'm not going to buy in all the way on them. I still think that they're a great team, but I'm not ready to consider them like the best team in the AFC, which is basically what this spread is saying. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this game because obviously I, I am the driver of the Pat Mahomes fan bus. Driver. But... There's just no way he's going to be this good all year. Like, you know, like this is the exact same thing we saw last year with Deshaun Watson. Like it just doesn't you can't sustain like an 85 touchdown pace over the course. Of <laughs> I was going to say you're going on the record to say that he will not throw 80 touchdowns this year. <laughs> um, And kind of the other thing that gets lost in the wash is that their defense is absolute dog shit. Right. So yeah. Like, I feel like the Chiefs are going to have a harder time stopping the 49ers than the 49ers will stopping the Chiefs. Um, I mean, the, the total obviously reflects that it'll be a really high-scoring game. I buy that. Um, but, like like you said, like and this is what Andy Reid does. Like Andy Reid is really, really good at coming up with game plans. Like, last year, uh, the first couple weeks when, when their offense was really clicking, uh, they were running a lot of really cool stuff, and they were running a lot of stuff that fit what Alex Smith did really well. And they're doing the same thing this year. And I think that their offense overall is more talented because they added Sammy Watkins and I think Mahomes is better than Alex Smith. But, you know, eventually teams are going to get enough film on your offense where they can actually start game planning. And I'm, I'm yep. sure that there are things that the Chiefs are doing now that they didn't do last year because Mahomes has 
not, I mean, you can say better or worse, but clearly different uh, physical capabilities than Smith did. So, uh, you know, the jury's going to be out on, you know, the, the, the book's going to be out on them pretty soon. And then it's going to be up to Reed to kind of counter that. He hasn't really done a great job of that in his time as a head coach, uh, even though he certainly has been able to, you know, to run some scoring offenses. So uh, I think that the line here is too high. Uh, certainly I will take the 49ers. If it gets to seven, I will rebet. Uh, but I will take the Niners now, even at six and a half. The NFL always catches up, right? Remember yep. when Chip Kelly broke the NFL and everyone thought that it was going to change the way football was played? And, you know, obviously they are still doing a lot of that stuff, the read option and, you know, RPOs, but Chip Kelly didn't last. So yep. <laughs> they they always find something. You got to find the next thing. That's where a lot of these guys fail is they kind of, they find the new thing and then they just rest on their laurels. And in three years, they're figured out and they're done. So you got to, you got to keep grinding. Now, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's been what team to bet on this week. Typically, I tell them to bet the opposite of what I say because uh, the picks have not been hot so far. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't really know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. I mean, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. I would even say maybe who you're betting with is more important because you want to get the right spreads. You want to get the good lines. You want to get the most value you can. And, you know, people who want to do that are going to bet at my bookie. It is absolutely your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. You guys know by now that I would only recommend a service to my listeners. It's been good to me. Uh, That's why you need to make your way over to my bookie. You win and they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. In-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and uh, a lot of really fun props, Matt, which we've already gotten gotten our hands dirty on. Uh, Oh, yeah. I already won 4-1 to on Kenny Stills being the WR1 for Miami in week one. You've got a a big bet on a – Ryan Fitzpatrick, what's the line? 400 yards and four touchdowns? The most ridiculous line in the history of bookmaking. If I lose this bet, I'm quitting. I'm just letting <laughs> you... I'm, I'm quitting. But yeah, he has to throw for over 400 yards and oh, and at least four touchdowns for me to lose this bet. I mean, I'm laying four to one, but that still feels pretty ridiculous. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to, you know, try and find bets like that, my bookie is definitely the place for you. Yeah, just a lot of fun, a lot of really good stuff. And, you know, the same offer that we gave you last week, it's still out there. My bookie is slammed with new bettors, hopefully new bettors just like you. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, you're going to get an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. That's just free. Just for waiting, you know, wait a little bit, wait till you have your dinner and make a deposit and you get some more money. It's a no brainer. Uh, and my bookie is already matching your deposit dollar for dollar. For using the promo code Rotoviz. So do that. Deposit, deposit after 7 p.m. Use promo code Rotoviz and uh, you know, just get big return on your deposit. Enter promo code Rotoviz. It's up to you guys. But I'd wait until after dinner, take that extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Yes. And if you want the extra 25 bucks, you have to add 25 to the end of Rotoviz. So if you do it after 7 p.m. Their promo code is Rotoviz25. You get the 100% match and the extra 25 bucks. I definitely uh, think that that's the way to do it. I love it. Where you play, you win, and you get paid. Uh, Packers at Redskins. 45.5 point total. Packers are a road favorite here by three points. Uh, you know, another gritty performance last week by Rodgers. 
ended in my least favorite NFL outcome, which is a tie. Um, you know, what do you think will happen this week? Yeah, I mean, Rodgers, third most profitable QB in the Bet Labs database. So it's not surprising to me that he's one of the rare QBs who has been pretty good as a road favorite. Uh, 28 and 22 against the spread. That's a 50%, uh, 56% win rate and a 10.4% ROI. Um, I'm going to take Rodgers on the road. I'm not betting this game. Uh, I told myself after last week that I'm only betting road favorites from now on if I have a really strong feel about it. And I just don't with this Packers game. I think they're the side that I prefer. You know, I, I, I don't think the Redskins are a particularly good team. They, you know, beat up on an Arizona team that I think is awful and then got curb stomped by Indiana. So uh, I think the Packers are the side that I like here. But again, this is a uh, a stay away from me. I think I like Washington here. I mean, big surprise, I guess, that I'm picking against Aaron Rodgers. Although I'm not like I, I'm at a point where I respect the game. I just don't like him. Like, I think that's I think that's fair. But anyway, um, you know, the Packers have been kind of like a middle-of-the-road offense so far. I think that the injury certainly limits him, I think particularly with pushing the ball down the field. He's got to drive off that leg. Um, and Washington defensively has actually been pretty good. They're fourth so far in past DVOA, uh, 28th against a run. So that's kind of like the perfect defense to Aaron me. Aaron Jones, baby. It's time. <laughs> yeah, it comes off suspension. I'm pretty happy, for, excited about that. But this is kind of like the perfect defense to play if you're facing the Packers because they've never really shown that they're going to beat you on the ground. Like they're, they're going to beat you with Rodgers through the air. And, uh, you know, Washington can get after the quarterback a little bit. I think that that matters, uh, especially given the, in, the injury and the fact that Rodgers probably isn't going to be as mobile as a result. Uh, so I actually kind of like the Redskins here. I mean, I don't think that Washington is like an amazing football team. But, uh, you know, as long as that Packer offensive line keeps playing as poorly as they are, uh, and as long as uh, Rodgers, I think, is a little hobbled, I'm going to kind of just take the, the home dog here and go with Washington. If it was a half a point higher, I'd join you. But I, I don't know. I honestly think that the Packers by three is like <coughs> what I think is the most likely outcome. Sure. Uh Redskins, by the way, min price defense this week on DraftKings. But we'll talk about that on the other show. No, thank uh, you. <laughs> Raiders at Dolphins. The Fish are three-point home favorites. Uh, one of the more surprising teams this year just in terms of results. But we'll see if that holds against John Gruden's team. 43.5 point total. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, this is honestly a really surprising one to me. I know the Dolphins have only played the Titans and the Jets. And that opening game against the Titans was, you know, affected by weather for large stretches, multiple rain delays, but the Dolphins are 2-0. and The Raiders uh, have not been good. They they blew a game last week against Denver, and this is a, a West Coast team coming east for a 1 p.m. game. So I would have thought that the Dolphins would have had another, you know, point of uh, spread equity here. Like, I would have probably set this line personally at Dolphins minus 4. So I'm going to go ahead and trust the trends on the West Coast teams coming east. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um, but I am a little bit skeptical of this spread. Like I, I'm thinking maybe it's a trap. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the, the public betting looks like and what the line movement looks like on this game. But at the current point in time, I like the Dolphins minus three. I'm going with the, it's a trap. And I'm taking John Gruden here to get off the deck and uh, finally get us a dub. 
good. At least against at least against the spread. <laughs> I need the Dolphins uh. to start losing because I bet they're under on their win total. So no, same. Let's I mean, go. Let's go, John. Get these boys going. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think I just don't buy that Miami is that good. I mean, you said it. Week one, they beat the Titans in a game with thirty-five rain delays. Um, there were lightning delays. Last week, they beat your Jets coming off of a a huge win on Monday night against Detroit. So I, I kind of feel like we don't really know who the Dolphins are still, and I kind of feel like they are who we thought they were. We let uh, them off the hook. Exactly. And we're not going to let them off the hook on my bookie. We're going to take the Raiders plus three. So uh, that's where I'm at. I mean, I just don't think that the Dolphins have any answer for Amari Cooper. I don't think that they have the offensive skill players to consistently take advantage of the Raiders on defense. Um, they're just kind of eh. And I don't really like to bet at teams. I love betting on at teams, but typically they're underdogs and they're getting more than three points. So, yeah, <laughs> this this is a really tough game to handicap. I think we agree on that. Giants at Texans. I mean, there's nothing left to be said about Big Blue. They're terrible. They're there's gonna plenty be bad. to say. There's going to be bad for a long time. Um, Texans are six-point home favorites, rightfully. The total is at 42. The Giants don't know what to do on offense. They uh, still stink on defense. I just, I don't know. You talk about them. Yeah, they buried me last week. I really like them uh, headed into that game with the Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys were uh, a severely overrated team, and I still think that they are. But the Giants just look brutal, and it looks like Shermer has no real idea what he's doing. I mean... The guy chose to punt it on fourth and inches from the 50-yard line. And then two possessions later, he has the ball on his own 30 and fourth and a full one. And at that point, he decides, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Like, I just don't I Like, I honestly, I like the aggressiveness the second time, but I just don't know what changed. Like, why wouldn't you go for it the first time if you were going to go for it in that situation? So it seems to me like he's just making up what he wants to do on the fly. Uh, the offensive line, even though, you know, overhauling it was a real point of emphasis during the offseason, it, it doesn't appear to have shown any real improvements. I mean, I, I personally have been saying all offseason that uh, I thought Nate Solder was a clear overpay. Um, I get why they did it, but it doesn't appear to be making any sort of improvements on the line at this point. Uh, the guard, I think, is pretty good. But, <laughs> you know, again, like... Eli was under siege all, all game, which is a big reason why Saquon Barkley had like a million targets. So, uh, yeah, basically I have lost all faith in the Giants. The Texans didn't win against the Titans, but I think that result was a bit fluky. They outgained the Titans by more than 150 yards. They gave up a, a special team score on a fake punt. Deshaun Watson has been markedly better with Will Fuller in the lineup. You know, he threw for over 300 yards. And uh, a couple of scores last week. So I think that Deshaun Watson should be able to move the ball against the Texans. And I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to pass protect Eli in this situation. Like if the if the Texans have watched any film of the game last week, they should just be blitzing unrelentlessly against the Giants. Yeah, I mean, just stop. Just stop letting the Patriots fucking own you, NFL. Like... Stop answering the phone when they call you about trades. <laughs> Stop signing the players that they don't want to resign. Like, it just never works out. It just never works out. And Nate Solder is going to be another example of that. Even if he ends up being decent, they probably overpaid. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you on that. I think that the Giants, you know, Shermer looks like Cleveland Shermer, not Viking Shermer. I think it's really, really possible that, you know, you just got lucky enough to be the coach of a team with a really good offense and, uh, you know, kind of rode his way back to a head coaching spot. So obviously I'm feeling great as a Giants fan. Uh, the split you mentioned with Watson really holds true. I mean, obviously he's only still started only nine games, but the five games he's played with Fuller, he's averaging nine and a half yards per attempt. The four games without Fuller, he's averaging just six yards per attempt. Oh, baby. So really dramatic splits there. Uh, you know, not sure if something like that is going to remain constant uh, at that much width, but obviously having the field stretcher in the lineup, it makes a really big difference. And the Giants have uh, literally never, I would say they are O and infinity against mobile QBs. So <laughs> I will, I will certainly take the Texans plus uh, minus six. Can I trust, can I check that in the Bet Labs database? <laughs> I, I, I wish. <laughs> I would love to minus one hundred percent ROI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's talk about a couple of teams that are better than the Giants. Uh, Chargers at Rams. Rams are seven point home favorites. They have, uh, I mean, I would say that they've been as advertised from the moves that they made in the off season. Total here is forty eight. Uh, two really good running backs in this game, and Melvin Gordon's been awesome. So, uh, I mean, what so do you think of Austin this? Eckler. Yeah, right. I'm assuming that's the second one that you're referring to. Of course, of course. (laughs) Um, Listen, this is my favorite game of the week. Uh, I love the Chargers at seven. I've already locked it in. Uh, I want to make sure that I get it at seven. I don't want to risk it falling to six and a half. So I'm locking it in right now. Um, I uh, the Rams have looked great in the first two weeks. They've been dominant, but has it really been? That's surprising. They've played the Raiders and the Cardinals, two teams that I have personally bet the under on their win total, two teams that I personally feel uh, are just not good football teams. I mean, the Cardinals are going to be a disaster this year. The Bills have really stolen some shine about how bad the Cardinals have been the first two weeks of the season, but they are going to be awful. Um, so yeah, to me, the Rams are still very untested. This is their first real matchup against a competent NFL football team. So I love the fact that I can get seven points with the Chargers. You know, uh, I've been very tough on the Chargers during the offseason, but I still have to admit that this is a talented football team. Um, you know, I was impressed with what they did against Buffalo. I think that was a tougher spot than most people realize, you know, going west to east and covering more than a touchdown on the road. Uh, I, I think that this Chargers team has enough to hang with the Rams, who, you know, most people have anointed the best team in football off of two weeks against just crap teams. So I like the Chargers. Everybody seems to have forgotten that they were, you know, the darling pick in the AFC. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with them. I, I think give me the seven points here for sure. I like the Chargers quite a bit. Yeah, seven points is just a lot. Like, there's your analysis. Um, and yeah, I think that they're still pretty good. I mean, Derwin James has been really, really awesome. I still can't believe that he fell so far in the draft. Uh, the Rams have not been tested, which is definitely a fair statement to make. Um, and it's just hard to rattle off win after win after win against teams, especially teams that have uh, experienced quarterbacks like Philip Rivers. So I really like what the Rams have going. I mean, there was uh, that spot. I Sorry, I like what the Chargers have going here in this matchup. You know, easy to forget that the Rams at one point were trailing to the Raiders in that first game of the season. Obviously, they turned it around and won uh, fairly convincingly. But I don't think the Chargers will make 
the same kind of mistakes that they've seen in the first two weeks. So I'll take the seven. Bears at Cardinals. Bears are a six-point road favorite here coming off a Monday night victory against Seattle. 37.5 point total. Just very, very low. Uh, Don't expect much scoring here. What do you think of the matchup? This is another one where I I like uh, the Cardinals. You know, I I think that this is a game I will definitely have some actual dollars on. I know it's scary to bet on a team like the Cardinals who, you know, really have not looked like a real NFL team through the first two weeks of the season. But are we convinced that the Bears are that good? Like, do the Bears deserve to be favored by six points over anybody on the road? I'm not there yet. You know, if you if you move this spread to like the game was being played in Chicago, do we think they would be 12-point favorites over the Cardinals? Again, I'm not there yet. Like, I, I don't think that the Bears are are that good of a football team. I, I, you know, Trubisky has been very hit or miss, I think, through the first two weeks. You know, he had two interceptions uh, against the Seahawks. He really shut down in the second half against the Packers. Their defense is good, and I do think they'll be able to keep the Cardinals at bay for the most part, but I just think that this is a, a big-time overreaction to the first two weeks of the season, and I will gladly take the Cardinals getting six points at home. Yeah, me too. I mean, the the big thing here, if you look at the matchup, and obviously a big part of the reason why the spread is so low, or the total is so low, uh, Chicago 25th in pace, and uh, the Cardinals are dead last. And actually, they have been just absurdly slow um <laughs> well they've been but, trying to end games in the second half they've been right they've been trying to just get out of the building but i mean the, the nice thing for arizona is that their coaches have finally you know they finally looked up david johnson's uh career statistics and background and understand that they have to get him some slot targets so i think that that'll help their offense uh, a decent amount getting their best player the ball more often uh and you know the big thing is just exactly what you said like the who the hell are the Bears to be six point road favorites against anyone? Like that game last weekend was just a slap fight between two really bad teams. That's what it looked like to me. And, uh, you know, Chicago proved to us in week one that they weren't quite ready to win. Uh, you know, blood was in the water when Aaron Rodgers went down and they couldn't capitalize. So I don't really think that the Bears are that good. Uh, I, you know, I do believe in kind of like what they're doing. I just don't think, I just think it's too early. You know, they're not ready yet. And to be a six-point road favorite at this stage in the game, I just think is too much. By the way, I love the fact that the Cardinals are like, okay, fine. Like, we'll do what you say, Twitter. Like, I feel like the coaching staff is just on Twitter looking for answers at this point in the season. They're like, oh, we don't know what to do. Uh, I want to take some credit on being down on David Johnson early in the offseason. I'm going to take a small victory lap on that. I think if they played him at 100%, you know, slots in the target, like, it's still going to be tough for him to to score on a Cardinals offense that this, is this bad. So uh, I wouldn't expect like a huge spike of his production just because they're going to play him a little bit more in the slot. But I do agree that you need to try and do different things to get the ball in his hands. Yeah. And uh, when are we seeing Rosen, by the way? Uh, at this rate, very soon. I'll tell you, if the Cardinals don't cover this spread, I, I would say next week, probably. Yeah, I probably agree. Get the, get the kid out there. I mean, uh, Bradford is just clearly not good. Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance he gets hurt next week anyway. So, <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Just looking at the data. Uh, Cowboys at Seahawks. Seattle, a meager one-and-a-half point home favorite, 41-and-a-half point total. They were the other team in that uh, aforementioned slap fight we were just talking about. 
I mean, what do you think of this? I, I, again, this has the makings of bad football to me. Uh, all I'm going to say is I'm not ready to quit you, Russell. I will <laughs> never give up on you. Uh, I don't care if you were playing with me at tight end and Anthony at wide receiver. I think you could find a way to get it done. I love you. That's my hard-hitting analysis on this game. Uh, now, in all seriousness, uh, I'm fading the Cowboys for the foreseeable future. I know they look good against the Giants, but I think that they just found a way that they thought that they could exploit them, which was relentlessly p- pressuring Eli Manning. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks offensive line is not good, but they're not going to be able to get after him the same way they got after Eli. And I don't think you can count on a 65-yard Tavon Austin touchdown every week, Anthony. I'm not sure about you. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think that the Cowboys are probably a little overvalued coming off of that win. The Seahawks, you know, they're not a team that I want to bet, but I think that they're my side here. Uh, until Russell Wilson, like, just completely starts waving the white flag, I, I'm going to find a way to be on him most weeks when I think the spread is not, you know, crazy one way or the other. Yeah, when does Russell Wilson demand a trade, right? I mean, this is just bad like I they had the se- sequence last week where like he kept checking out of the play the play call so that they called the timeout and basically told him to stop doing that and he was pissed off because you know the stuff that he was calling at the line was working and nothing else was um so I, I mean there is definitely there's definitely some drama I think that's building in Seattle but you're right Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson and the Cowboys still just aren't that good beating the Giants really doesn't impress me so uh, I will take the birds at home and I will probably just keep that money in my pocket and spend it on some other games. Yeah. Pats at lions. Patriots are minus six and a half. We have a 52 and a half point total. Uh, I mean, I'll start with this one. I got Patriots coming off a loss. have just been really good. Uh, since 2003, they are 32 and 10 against the spread when coming off of a straight up loss. Uh, that's 20 and four on the road which they are here. So very impressive there. Yeah. I would imagine that the difference there is you get a little extra spread value from them being on the road. Uh, and over the last five seasons, they are 12 and two against the spread after a straight up loss. Both of those losses came in 2015. It was actually, uh, the both were straight up losses. Uh, they just lost back to back games twice. So, uh, very rare occurrences, obviously for the Patriots, they cover the spread in these situations with great regularity uh, so I certainly feel as though they will here against Matt Patricia. I think I, I really also enjoy the Bill Belichick against his uh, former assistant coach narrative. Yeah, he definitely always used to love to beat the pants off Mangini. So uh, I, I I tend to agree with you. Uh, I will not bet the Patriots, you know, as a touchdown favorite on the road, you know, which means that they'll probably cover because they cover, you know, the majority of their games every single season. Uh, I'd feel better if, uh, you know, he had a press conference after the game where he said, we're on to Detroit. <laughs> if they, if he had that press conference, I would take them, you know, as high as laying 10. Uh, my, my biggest question is, why does Matt Patricia keep a pencil behind his ear when his play sheet is laminated? That's what's Ooh. been, that's what's been burning my mind. Uh, I don't get it. I think that that just is him trying to throw out a vibe that he's, that he's smarter than he actually is. Uh, I'm glad that I never bought any Matt Patricia stock. If I, w- if I did, I would still sell now, even though it's at an all time low. Like the guy just seems like a, like a disaster. So 
I'll take the Patriots, but again, like, because I said that I'm trying to avoid, you know, uh, taking public favorites and road favorites, I won't actually bet it, especially since this is a prime time game. Like, you can expect the Patriots to have a lot of money on them when this game kicks off at 820. So, that's my one concern, is that the, you know, the books don't lose those games, you know, too often, but... I do think that the Patriots are probably the correct side here, given the trends that you've mentioned. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Matt Patricia is really smart. He's like a like a NASA level like engineer. I'm pretty sure. Like, I know plenty of guys who yeah. who pass tests. That don't make them smart. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the pencil thing is weird, and uh, I'm going to continue to ride Bill. So let's go to Monday Night Football where we have I mean I think both of these primetime games are going to be really excited like really fun to watch Steelers at Bucks Pittsburgh is a one point road favorite totals 53 and a half I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league what a Maybe flex seven. by him last week huge flex showing up at the press conference in Deshaun Jackson's outfit just because he wanted to flex and show off his chest hair like yeah that was that was great uh, I'm loving Fitzmagic right now even though I have money on him going down this week, but just just a joy to watch in these first two weeks. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, uh, Fitzmagic is being trademarked. Fitzmagic is being trademarked, and not by Ryan Fitzpatrick, by Minka Fitzpatrick on the Dolphins. What kind of crime is that, right? Crime, crime. Somebody, you know, if I was Ryan Fitzpatrick's lawyer, I'd be I'd be looking to sue for. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm thinking of is. It can't be trademark <laughs> infringement because he doesn't already have it. But like, uh, he's using he's, his likeness. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. He's not Fitzmagic. Come on, Minka. Yeah. Chill out. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but I mean, in, in terms of the game, I mean, both of these defenses have uh, been porous, I would say, over the first couple of weeks. Uh, and both have been really high in pace. Uh, Pittsburgh are eighth in total, eighth in neutral pace. Uh, the Bucks, number one overall. Um, you know, both of these offenses have pretty significant advantages over the opposing defenses in terms of uh, current DVOA plus 20 plus 20 or better. So uh, I think we can definitely expect to see all the scoring. I kind of like Pittsburgh to get on the board with a dub. But, uh, you know, I, I think I feel a little probably a little more confident on the total side. I can't believe how much the public is buying Tampa Bay right now. 62% of the spread tickets that have come in so far have taken Tampa Bay, which is remarkable to me. Um, the Sharps, unsurprisingly, are not convinced, which is why 50%, uh, 57% of the money has been on Pittsburgh. But I just don't see it. Like, I think this is another, you know, overreaction to the first two weeks of the season. Like, if this game got played in week one, how big of a favorite would the Steelers be here? Four points, right? Something like that. Yeah. Like, I think we're definitely getting some spread value here. Uh, I, I don't believe Ryan Fitzpatrick is the second coming of Brett Favre at this point in his career. Like, we have a large enough sample size to know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is an average quarterback in this league. Like, he's feasted two weeks. Uh, you know, he's particularly gotten some unreal results when throwing to Deshaun Jackson. He hasn't thrown an incompletion to Jackson yet. And, He's averaging like, I don't know, at least 30 yards a catch. So that seems like it can't be sustainable. Uh, the Steelers have really underwhelmed, but I still think that they're way better than they've played. I mean, this is a team that a lot of people pick to win the AFC. 
certainly one of the more talented teams in the AFC, especially on offense. Like, I think that the Steelers have to win this game. So I, I will take the Steelers minus one. It's a road favorite, which makes me hesitant. But I think that they're the correct side in this game. All right, let's get to the book it. My bookie picks of the week, Matt. You were one and four last week, but you are still five and five overall. I, of course, went zero and five last week, so I'm starting off very, very poorly. One eight and one. Gonna try to get it back this week, though, Matt. What's your five? So Chargers plus seven. That's my favorite pick of the week. I'm already in for multiple units, and there's a good chance that I add on. I really like the Chargers. I can't stress that enough. Uh, I'm also taking the 49ers plus six and a half. The Cardinals plus six, the Saints plus three, uh, and my last spot I debated between the Panthers and the Eagles, but ultimately I am going to take the Panthers minus three over the Bengals. So my five picks are Chargers plus seven, 49ers six and a half, Cardinals six, Saints three, Panthers minus three. All right, I like it. Uh, we have a couple games of overlap. We're both on the Niners and the Cardinals, uh, but my three games that are different, I have Pats minus six and a half. Uh, I will take the Eagles minus six and a half, and I like the under in New Orleans and Atlanta for the reasons I mentioned before. So hopefully I can get back on the win bus and uh, make a season out of this. This is the week, baby. You know, I think that this is a prime week to take advantage. You know, I mean, it was a big trend in all of my analysis. Like, don't be the guy that overreacts to the first two weeks of the season. You know, it's the NFL is definitely a small sample size sport. You know, we only see these teams 16 times before the playoffs start, you know, which is compared to baseball where you see each team 162 times. It's roughly a tenth of the regular season. So uh, teams can have wildly statistically outlier seasons. You know, like don't think that just because a team looked great or looked poor for two weeks, that that means that that's how their season's going to go. I think that can happen occasionally, of course, but I think if you... You know, stick to your guns, stick to what you believed about these teams. You're going to be proven right in the long run more times than not. So I feel good about this week. Let's get that money, Anthony. Let's do it. And that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to your rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code ROTOVIZ or ROTOVIZ25 if you're going to deposit after 7 p.m. for the additional $25 of free play. From Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.